137-121 Lakers over the Minnesota Timberwolves. 27-13 and 13 on the season. Doing it without Anthony Davis, Alex Caruso, Marcus Gasol, Jared Dudley. We almost got a full starting lineup of players that are not playing for the Lakers. And a number of guys stepping up for the Lake Show. You know, what a, what a critical stage of the season for the Lakers. Critical stage in the sense that we're not sure when Anthony Davis is coming back. You know teams in the Western Conference, teams all around the NBA are trying to take advantage of the Lakers. Hey, they're down. Uh, can can the Lakers go on some type of a losing streak? I know it happened earlier, but most of it happened because Dennis Schroeder was out as well. Um, and as teams try to take advantage of the Lakers, now you're just starting to see, at least since the All-Star break, that these players are getting accustomed to playing without Anthony Davis. They're getting accustomed to their own specific role, and they're excelling at it. Um, there's nothing better than getting a chance here in this postgame show to talk about some of these role players, talk about LBJ, another triple-double, so we're going to do that tonight. 877-710-ESPN if you want to be a part of the Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show. Um, you could also hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa, and I'll read off some of those tweets uh, throughout the show. So uh, I'll start off with this. When I say critical stage of the season, really what I'm referring to there, I'll just kind of simplify it, um, this could be a time of the year where you start falling in the standings and you could make a ton of excuses. And You could talk about Anthony Davis not being around and the health and safety protocols that a couple of these other players are facing and the mild concussion that, that Caruso has. These are key players. You know, of course, nobody as key as Anthony Davis, but um, these are all key, key pieces to the Lakers. Nobody's making excuses. Players are coming through. Six guys scoring double figures tonight. Um, I thought Damian Jones had another nice game. He had eight points, three rebounds, and a block shot. He's filling in at the center role. So uh, it really, really is nice to see what the Lakers have done so far. And it's uh, definitely great to see them doing it while they're getting W's, 3-0 and since the All-Star break. Um, all right, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel. Let's get his thoughts on the Lakers' 16-point win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Here's Coach. Hey, Frank, do you think that, that whether it's Trez or Kuz or THC kind of just getting these consistent minutes, getting more shots, do you think that kind of cohesion and consistency um, has helped over the last couple of weeks? Have you have you set into somewhat of a pattern here? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think so. You know, I, I think um, I think it was right before the Utah game, you know, we decided to, um, you know, keep those guys, uh, well, you know, starting Keith and ringing Kuz off the bench and then um, – you know, with Mark going down, uh, deciding to, to keep Trez coming off the bench has really solidified that unit. The last two two games, uh, actually, the last three games, huge positives with our, our bench unit. Uh, and Kuz and Trez are both, uh, you know, largely responsible for that with the way they've been playing and settling into a rhythm. And then, Frank, these fourth quarters, yeah. just with LeBron in that screen roll with, with Trez, seemed like both these, these last two nights that made a, a big difference. I know it's a simple action, but what are you seeing from LeBron, especially in orchestrating those things? Well, he's you know, obviously the best reader of, of pick and roll action in the game, you know, and uh, Trez is a dynamic roller. You know, we, we tweaked the spacing, uh, gave a little bit of a different look uh, tonight uh, with that action that we were running, and uh, Minnesota had a hard time figuring it out. Um, so we have a mindset with our, our system that if we want to play, it works, we keep running it. And, uh, and Bron was just, uh, put on a masterpiece of, you know, finding three or four, maybe even five different options, uh, you know, out of that action. Dan. Hey Frank. Um, in, in terms of just LeBron's kind of ability to just, I mean, these triple doubles, these last 
two games haven't looked forced at all. Um, it's just kind of his ability to touch all facets of the game. What, what stood out to you in these last two performances and kind of how has it helped other guys kind of get going? Well, I think, uh, you know, I honestly don't think he's been playing that differently than what he's been doing, uh, you know, coming into leading into the break. I just think that our, you know, our shooters have come alive. You know, I think uh, we had a little bit of a walk uh, going into uh, going into the break and, you know, our shooters, everything was short. You know, our, our guys got their legs under them a little bit. And, um, you know, the last three games, they really shot the ball well. So, so Bron's assist totals are up. So, but, you know, Bron, Bron particularly plays this, the same way uh, each night. And, you know, when guys are making shots. You know, he's going to get triple doubles. And uh, you know, I just thought he played three really strong games. Kyle? Frank, I know um, you, you got a lot of games coming up and, and there's you got to focus on those, but is there any part of your mind kind of spinning ahead when you do have a more complete roster and thinking like, how can I keep this efficiency from the bench and the reserves when maybe they're playing less minutes? Uh, I'm not really thinking about that right now, uh, but you know, like I said, like I, I think you know, these guys getting those minutes now, and, and finding the you know the rhythm in the in the role and the minutes that they're getting, um, you know, I think they're going to be able to catch that rhythm you know, when we're whole. You know that that's my that's my belief. Uh, you know, Trez's role is not going to change because when Mark comes back, he'll be in in DJ's spot. Um, you know, Kuz being in a consistent uh, minutes rotation where he's at right now is I think finding the rhythm. Um, you know, Talon's played well. Uh, Dennis is, is is a lot more comfortable as a starter. Um, so I think just, it's just part of our process, you know, you, you figure, figure out, uh, your player strengths and weaknesses, what combinations you like and don't like, and, uh, and then you settle in. So hopefully, uh, you know, when we're whole, uh, those guys will still be in this type of rhythm. Dave. Frank, who said last night, we have to play this way with the current personnel out. How much of the way you've played through this back-to-back -back is intentional uh, and maybe could have been born from that film session you had after the Pacers game where you, you kind of put this stuff together this way? And how much is it just the, the rhythm you spoke about that, that the team's displaying right now? Well, it's, it's both. I mean, you know, when you lose a guy like Anthony Davis and then you have, you know, Dennis out and Mark out and you sign a 10-day guy, it takes a little time. There's an adjustment period, you know, for how you're going to play. And, um, you know, our guys have uh, – we, we hit that stretch while we're playing a bunch of hot teams in a row. So, you know, we suffered from losses, but we stayed together and trusted our process of, uh, of growth and, and learning from the film. You know, we did have a good film session after the Indiana game uh, to really tighten up some details offensively. And, you know, we've had two explosive nights, you know, uh, in particular with where we're shooting the basketball and the way we're passing the basketball, 36 – Assist last night was a season high, and then we went up to tonight with 37. So, um, you know, we continue to trust the pass. Good things will happen. Uh, let's go. Dan has a follow-up. Frank, we saw before the game Alex getting in some work on the court. Obviously, he was on the bench tonight. Um, do you have any update on his status moving forward here in terms of the protocol? No, still on track. Um, you know, part of – I'm not sure of the exact details, but each day you have to increase your uh, activity level – and then monitor symptoms is, is sort of how it how it, uh, the return to play protocol works with concussions. So um, you know his on the court work was just part of that uh, return to play protocol. Uh, 
still on track for Thursday. Still, still on track as of right now. Yeah, still has to pass certain certain tests, uh, you know, to be cleared. Okay, last two, uh, Amanda. Congrats on the win. I kind of want to know how is Anthony Davis's development kind of as a coach, coaching the players during games like this? Well, he told us flat out on the plane to, to Golden State that he could never be a coach. He has a newfound respect for our profession. <laughs> but he's he's been taking the iPad and trying to go over to uh, to, to the guys and, and, you know, put them in different spots and try to teach them and whatnot. And he's found it quite challenging. So, uh, you know, hopefully when he returns, he'll have a newfound respect for, for what we do. Okay, last question, Claudia. Frank, Horton Tucker made a big impact when he entered the game. How important is he becoming? Oh, he's vital. Um, you know, his growth is really, you've seen it, you know, starting last year, but, you know, even from the beginning of this year, um, you know, up until this point, I, I think, Last night in particular, having 10 assists uh, with the decisions he was making uh, once he gets to the paint. Uh, it was very important to have another dynamic basket attacker, ball handler, uh, to go along with uh, Caruso and Dennis Schroeder out there, you know, to support LeBron. So, um, you know, he's a very important player for us. All right, that's uh, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel right there. Lakers over the T-Wolves, 137-121, to the final score. Let's do this when we come back. Spend a little time talking about LeBron James and his race, or I guess you want to call it a race, but his attempt to get MVP, something he hasn't done in seven uh, in seven seasons. I got a lot of people tweeting me about how this would be incredible if he can get it at age 36. So we'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers over the Timberwolves. This is the Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Here's Anthony Edwards, the number one pick in the draft, who's been really impressive. He got it to Nas Reed. Blocked. Beautiful block by Montrez Harrell. And not only did he block it, Michael, but he blocked it in the direction of Reed, who let it hit his hand on the way out of bounds. So the Lakers will maintain possession of that ball. The defensive play of the game is brought to you by Adriana's Insurance. Win and save on your auto insurance, and only Adriana's Insurance can guarantee it. We give you more options, unique offers, and exclusive opportunities to get the coverage you need at the best price. Visit SaveWithAdrianas.com today. Adriana's Insurance, more options, no contracts, just savings. Montrez ended up with a block and a steal. Lakers over the Timberwolves, 137-121. to And we actually had some defense there in the second half. Um, first half, Lakers gave up 70 points. Second half, um, 51 total. So 24 in the third quarter, 27 in the fourth quarter. Very reasonable in the second half. Um, Lakers finally got some stops, and that's obviously the key to the Lakers, really in any of these games, um, ending up with uh, with a W. Let me read off a couple quick tweets here. Logic Provider on Twitter. The injuries have made these guys build a chemistry much needed. This pre prepares them in the event we have an injury closer or during the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, one more I want to read off here. 
Um, Lenbron27, love the effort and energy from the bench. The flow of the offense isn't stagnant in their past four games, including that game versus Sacramento. Okay, so a couple things here. Um, you know, when, when we talk specifically about these, let, let's just use these last four games. LeBron didn't play that one in Sacramento, but there does seem to be a flow from specific players. Taylor Horn Tucker, this is the best he's played so far this season in this short stretch. Kuzma, you're feeling more and more confident that he's going to come through on a night-in-night-out basis, not once every three games or two of every three games, that he's comfortable in his role and there's a perfect balance of attacking the basket and just crashing the glass, trying to go get offensive rebounds, working hard on the defensive side. Use all these things as just examples here. Montrez and Dennis Schroeder, fantastic for the Lakers. Montrez last three games, 23 points, 73% from the field. So you can just kind of see how these guys have been contributing. But the one constant here, it's always LBJ. It's always LeBron James. You know, there's no questioning whether LeBron James, um, I hate to kind of put LBJ in this situation, but this happens a lot, is while Anthony Davis is out, LeBron's got to do more. No, no, no. You don't want to see LBJ have to do more. Um, There was uh, Westgate Sportsbook had uh, come out with just who's in the uh, lead right now for MVP. And we know Joel Embiid's going to be out for two to three weeks. Hopefully he gets back as soon as possible. You don't want anybody to lose any of these opportunities because of an injury. Um, But here's the reality. LeBron James has missed one game this year. Lakers are tied with the Phoenix Suns for the second best record in the Western Conference. And and this is not, you know, uh, not giving love or mention to how great Philly's been playing and how great Joel Embiid has been this year. I got to be honest, I don't think I cared that much about it last season. I don't think I cared about MVP that much last season. And the conversation was always going to be, and Michael always mentioned this, and I'm telling even Michael in the pregame, I know the only MVP that matters is finals MVP. But damn, do I want to see LeBron win MVP this year. I really do. It's been seven years LBJ has not won MVP. How is the most valuable player in the NBA not win the most valuable player award seven years in a row? LB, LeBron's 36 right now, so that means in those um, in those prime years, whether it was in Miami or was it back with Cleveland where he's taking his team virtually to the finals every single year, he has not won MVP. What a feat it would be at age 36 with this Lakers team to do it. Now, if that's going to happen, Lakers got to keep winning, and that's really the bottom line. That's what it's going to come down to, which I thought that because Anthony Davis had gone down with you know, his injury and the Lakers are going to be extra cautious. I thought, okay, well, this is going to be really tough for LeBron to end up winning this type of uh, award simply because how's he going to do it when your team is losing or you're falling in the NBA standings? At least up to this point to start off the second half of the season, that hasn't been the case. Have these all been winnable games? Have these all been games you're expected to win? Yeah, they have. Indiana, Golden State, and Minnesota. But when you're missing the best two-way player in the NBA – you're vulnerable. You can lose any one of these matchups. Absolutely can lose any of these games. So to see right now LeBron James kind of continuing to do what he does, he had a triple-double yesterday against the uh, Golden State Warriors, and then he had obviously this triple-double tonight against the uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota's struggling. They're 9-31 and on the season. Um, I will say that there's two games in front of the Lakers' schedule, very, very winnable games right now. Um, to help the Lakers, you know, obviously continue to do damage 
before Anthony Davis comes back. You heard Coach talk about Alex Caruso. Caruso, he could be back Thursday. That could happen. Um, but the next two games for the Lakers, Charlotte and Atlanta. By the way, both teams are actually playing really good right now. I know that sounds surprising. When's the last time you ever heard Charlotte and Atlanta and uh, playing well in the same sentence? But if you look at the NBA standings, Charlotte's sitting in the fifth spot in the East. They've won four in a row, seven of their last ten. Atlanta, eighth or seventh spot, they've won six in a row, seven of their last ten. So Lakers are actually going to get um, probably the best basketball from both Charlotte and the best basketball from the Atlanta Hawks that either of those teams have provided in, in quite a long time. Both those teams obviously above 500. So that's going to be kind of the, the, the fun that the Lakers have in front of them in these next two games. I will say that if you continue to get contributions from six, seven guys a night, you got a good chance to win. I'm not saying you're going to, you know, in every single game, you're going to shoot 50% from the three-point line, 86% from the free throw line. That's not a guarantee. That's not a lock. We know, we all know that. We all understand that. But um, you start, you know, you get the stops that you need and you shoot the way the Lakers have. Montrez leading the way again. 11 of 16 from the field. Do things along those lines. You're probably going to win these next couple of games before you got a tough one coming up on Sunday at Phoenix against the Suns. Um, I talked about Talon Horn Tucker for a quick second. 16.7 rebounds, 4 assists, 6 of 9 from the field. Love that he's getting a ton of minutes. Love that Love that he's getting you know a lot of these opportunities right now. Uh, same thing with Kyle Kuzma. Uh, those are the two players, kind of the younger players, that you want to see what they can do in situations like this. They're uh, taking advantage of their opportunity. All right, Lakers over the Minnesota Timberwolves, 137 to 121. Uh, we'll read more of your tweets when we come back. We'll take your phone calls, 877-710-ESPN. This is the Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Points in the Paint all season long is sponsored by Vista Paint. Right now, local residents can take 40% off on factory direct high-quality Vista Paint products. A Vista Paint team member will show you how locally owned, manufactured, and operated since 1956. Vista Paint, Lakers uh, 70 to 64 on the T Wolves points in the paint, and 137 to 121 the final score. 137 points by the Lakers. Yeah, let's just say offense has not been an issue since uh, since we came back from the All Star break. Um, okay, I'm gonna go to the phone lines in just a second here. I do want to read off this quick tweet. Um, Sarkis Garbedian says Lakers bench is on a roll. Harrell, Kuz, and THT have be uh, have been huge in these last two games. LeBron at the controls. Scary hours for the NBA. Um, Got to keep it going. Let's see if the Lakers can keep this thing going. Obviously, coming up on uh, Thursday against Lamelo Ball and uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Kenny in Tarzana. Kenny, appreciate you calling in, bud. What's going on? You're on. Very good, Alan. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Yes. All right. Uh, so I got two topics. First of all, LeBron as MVP, and, and second, uh, Kuzma's technical last night. 
don't know why he was shooting it. So, firstly, with respect to LeBron, I'm going to give you a preparatory comment. Uh, I'm a year older than Michael Jordan, so uh, I'm kind of uncharacteristic for people my age. Um, other than LeBron's free throw shooting, I would take LeBron over Jordan. Hmm. Okay, having said that, I, I don't know that there was any particular year in those last seven years where during the regular season, LeBron deserved the MVP. He's 85% of what he is during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There's no one I'd rather have had during that entire time than LeBron. He's absolutely fantastic. But he turns his game up during the playoffs. Sure. As Magic would say, during winning time. So, like last year, I thought during the regular season, the Greek freak deserved it. This year, so far, I'd go with you and LeBron. Now, I don't know if you can point to a particular year where you felt that he was robbed based upon the regular season. We voted on it for the entire year, including playoffs. Certainly LeBron would have deserved it in many, many of those years. But as you know, that's not the way the MVP is determined in the NBA or in any other sport. Kenny, you're that's right. Ken, Kenny, you're right, and I appreciate you calling. I, w- I want to get to that point, and uh, I want to uh, just kind of keep things flowing here. But uh, let me stick with the MVP, okay? So I get what you're saying, that LeBron, what he's going to give you in the regular season is a percentage of what he's going to give you in the playoffs. It's winning time, like you said, right? There's certain players that take their game to the next level, and they're pacing themselves. You know, Damian Lillard's got to play every single night like it's a playoff game because he's just trying to get in the playoffs. LeBron, um, it's been a luxury that he's had to obviously make sure that he's got the right team around him. He's so great that really what you're fighting for is what seed are you, number one, are you number two, whatever the case is. Um, But it's very, very, very difficult for me to justify not giving LeBron James an MVP in seven straight years. I know what you're saying. You're saying, well, Steph Curry had great regular seasons. Giannis had unbelievable regular seasons. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. Go down the list of players that won over the last seven years. Um, It's difficult for me to take all of that and not find one freaking year in those seven years that LeBron wasn't the most valuable player in the NBA. I know it's a regular season award. I get that. Completely understand that. Uh, but that's a difficult one for me to comprehend personally. Uh, Kuzma, by the way. Kuz tonight, man, Kuzma's probably shutting up a lot of people, and he's not doing it for any other reason than just he's playing good basketball. He looks great. He looks comfortable. 7 of 12 from the field, another 16 points from Kuz. Let's get Kuzma's thoughts on the Lakers' 16-point win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hey, Kyle. The uh, offense the last two games has really been extraordinary. In fact, uh, Lakers PR just put out a stat. First time since 1996 that the Lakers team has had back-to-back games of 35 or more assists. What's the the reason for you guys really sharing the ball and and hitting your shots and so on and so on? Uh, I mean, well, you got to hit shots. Uh, you know, you don't get assists if you don't hit shots. So uh, I think we've done a good job of uh, doing that today and um, also just finding an extra man a little bit more. So that was good. Yeah, LeBron, uh, another triple-double for him. Uh, I'm sure you, you've been asked a lot about him throughout the season. What can you say about him now? He actually uh, tied Will Chamberlain for the most triple-doubles after the uh, age of 30. Yeah, you know, me and uh, me and uh, his, his guy, Randy, um, we always have a running joke, you know, every, every, every game is something new, uh, another record, you know, he breaks. So, um, you know, I'm really not impressed anymore because it's every other day. 
uh, something happens. So, and I misspoke. He actually passed Wilt for the most triple doubles after 30. But uh, regardless, Amatras Hill, another good game for him. Um, what can you say about his play right now? Uh, man, he's just uh, playing with a lot of intensity. And, um, you know, it's something that we really need, especially right now in this uh, regular season. Uh, you know, someone that's playing extremely hard. Um, you know, obviously he, he's done a really good job uh, with him pick and roll, catching the ball and finishing pretty much every time. So, um, you know, he's huge for us. Thanks, Kyle. All right, let's go to Bill Orem. Hey, Kyle. Um, looking ahead a little bit, you guys are going to play the, the Hornets for the first time on Thursday. It'll be your first look at LaMelo. Um, go back to your rookie year. I mean, LaMelo was around all the time, you know, whether it was, you know, in the arena, I think the practice facility a little bit. Um, what do you remember about him at, at, at that age? And um, what do you think he might have picked up or what, what lessons might he have learned from being around, you know, the NBA and, and, and kind of that experience at that age? I mean, his brother, his brother's in the NBA. So, um, you know, uh, you know, you're going to pick up a lot, obviously, um, especially, um, you know, when you're the youngest, um, the youngest brother, the youngest in the family. Uh, I know, you know, you're going to pick up on things. You're going to see things and um, being around this game and being in Australia for him uh, helped his game out a lot and, you know, really um, sped up the process, his process, uh, of understanding the game and you just see how, uh, you know, well he's playing this year, so. Kyle Goon, please. Hey, Kyle. First, I just want to ask about what's the inspiration for the fit you're wearing today? Um, man, it's a great suit, you know. Um, you know, let my uh, chest show a little bit tonight. Um, you know, why not? Yeah, why not? Nice chest. I got a nice chest. I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, second, uh, to, to follow up on Bill's question, you know, LaMelo was saying tonight, um, you know, he, he had a relief to be drafted in the NBA because it meant he didn't have to be overseas and he's been Lithuania, he's been to Australia, as you just mentioned. Are you surprised that he's kind of landed on his feet as well as he has given all the things he was doing as a high school kid? Not really. Um, you know, he's been playing – He's been playing basketball with older people his entire life, um, going back to, you know, him being a fifth, sixth grader playing up 17s and then playing in Lithuania and then, you know, playing in the, the NBL in Australia with grown men at 17 or how, I don't know how old he was, but I mean, you know, when you're, when you're playing basketball with uh, a higher level of people, you know, your, your, your game is going to be, uh, much more matured. So, um, you know, you know, it's not really shocking to me. Dan Wojcik. Hey, Coos. Um, <clears throat> uh, off the bench, you guys, uh, you, you, Montrez and Talon have gotten into a little bit of a rhythm here these last two games, kind of complimenting one each other. Um, what, what works well, do you think, with, the, with those three um, or with you three and, and – how valuable do you think moving forward it'll be to kind of have these opportunities to, to get kind of high volume sort of minutes with them? Um, I mean, it all just depends, you know, when you talk about opportunities, um, you know, whatever the coaching staff decides, you know, whatever rotations and units, how that goes, you know, that's just how it always is. But um, from, you know, just the small sample size that we've had in the past couple of games, it's been going well. 
you know, it's just up for us uh, individually to keep playing well and keep playing together. So, um, you know, the staff sees it. All right, let's take two more. Let's go to Dave McMiniman. Kyle, talking about another 19-year-old in Talon. I know last night you said that he's maybe one of the top two or three players on your team and getting into the paint, but are there other superlatives here? Like, uh, I don't want to overstate it, but is there something special happening uh, with the game that he's showing this year? And uh, do you guys talk amongst yourselves about where his career could go? Yeah, I mean, he's a great player. You know, it just sometimes when you're uh, when you're on a, a team like this, you know, you, you have to sacrifice and you have to, you know, dummy down your game a little bit, you know, for the greater good of the team. So you don't really understand and see how great, um, you know, players really are. And, you know, he's an example. You know, if he was uh, on a team like the Timberwolves, he would be just like Anthony Edwards or anyone else. You know, it's just, you know, just how the, the business of the NBA it, it, is so um but you know there's pros and cons to that you know for him um you know his game is a little sheltered down but you know he's picking up on a lot of little things that's going to help him out in his in his future um you know just doing the little things um defensively um you know i remember being on a team you know kind of how i just said and you know you're not really taught uh the, the defensive aspect of the game and uh you know, just those little winning plays. So, you know, that's what he's picking up now. And, you know, when he's 25, 26, 27, you know, it's, it's going to be scary. All right. And last question for Kyle, let's go to Amanda Skurlock. Hi, Kyle. Um, could you talk to me about Damian Jones and his ability to kind of, um, kind of gel with the team? How is he doing with that so far? Um, and, you know, he's just fitting it right in and playing his role, not doing too much, not doing too little. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, he's out there to be a, a vertical spacer for us. He's out there to catch lobs, uh, protect the rim and uh, and rebound, you know, s simple as that. And, uh, you know, I think he's just doing what is what's asked of him and, uh, you know, just doing that. All right, there's uh, Kyle Kuzma giving compliments to everybody else on the team. Got to give Kuz some compliments. Another 16 points for him. Uh, coming into this game, he has 25 of 49 over his last three games. Goes 7 of 12 tonight, so continuing to shoot uh, above uh, 500 so far for the Lakers. Uh, 137-121 the final score. When we come back, LBJ, the King, LeBron James, two triple-doubles in a row. We'll get his thoughts on the Lakers' win. Stay right here. This is the Pizza Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. 137-121 Lakers over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Five rings on the way on Twitter. We should keep Damian Jones. By the way, a lot of Laker fans have been very positive about Damian Jones. He's done a good job so far. Got to give this guy some credit. He had another eight points tonight for the Lakers. Uh, just playing his minutes, 17 minutes, three rebounds, a block shot, a steal, doing exactly what the Lakers are asking him to do. Certainly um, a, a lob, one of those players you can throw the lob to. LeBron did it a couple times so far. Um, since he's been a Laker. Let me take a quick phone call here. Jeff in Eagle Rock. What's going on, Jeff? What did you think of the win? Hey, I thought it was great. Thanks for answering my call. I've been a big fan, and, you know, I always enjoy listening to the post uh, post shows with you. Appreciate it, man. But, Thank uh, you. Just had, a, just, had a, just had a comment I wanted to say, too, actually. One was about Kuzma. I just remember even talking to you one time on a, on a call after a game just – there was a consistency about Kuzma last year, but it wasn't a good consistency. Mm -hmm. The consistency was that 
he was consistently not consistent. A when lack, he played the a game. lack of consistency, right? Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Just a lack of, just total lack. Like every time we would talk about him last year, but look at him now. It's just he's consistent in his scoring and his rebounding. He, it's because I think it's because last year he didn't know his role. Hmm. You know, he just came from before playing without LeBron, playing you know, playing starting, knowing what to do, being a scorer at times, but. Now he's different. He's not that. He's not the main scorer. He's, he plays his role. And then the second thing I wanted to say, Alan, was uh, I had a question I wanted to ask you on your comment about this. With mm-hmm. Montrez Harrell, ever since we had that episode with him when he posted some stuff on Twitter, mm-hmm. and it was almost like, wait, what, what's going on? What, is something happening to him? Is he on the trading block? What's going on? And then all of a sudden, he just goes off. Like, his games are now consistent. He's doing really great. Do you think there's a connection between that? Just wanted to ask for your comment. Uh, on that. I'm not sure. Thank and Jeff, you. appreciate you calling in, but thank you, man. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a connection to that, but I will tell you before the All Star break, remember, one of the frustrations I think a lot of Laker fans were having is uh, Montrez got to play more minutes. He's got to play close to 30 minutes a night. He was averaging less minutes with Anthony Davis out than he was when AD was in. So I think that was a frustration from Laker fans. Um, I think he's getting minutes. Maybe there's another chip on his shoulder. There's another reason behind it, but he's been he's been everything to the Lake Show. He really has, especially with Anthony Davis out. And this can't slow down. This is going to be expected, and he's got to continue to deliver for the Lakers. You're listening to KSPN Los Angeles. Um, LeBron tonight, 25 points, 12 assists, 12 rebounds. LBJ on the Lakers win. Hey, LeBron, uh, Frank was saying that in the, the- – you, sw- you switched some of the spacing for the screen roll action just from last night in Golden State, uh, and you thought the Wolves had a hard time picking that up in the fourth quarter. Just wondered if you could be, and to what degree you could be specific about how you were manipulating that and what you saw and, and what was different. Um, well, obviously we had a play that was working well for us, so you know you want to kind of go back to it over and over and see if they change it up or see if they stop it. But we have so many reads, and it's up to me to make all those reads. And uh, in the fourth quarter, obviously. Uh, I was able to, to find Trez for the majority of those reads. Also be able to find Wes uh, for, for corner three as well. Um, just trying to dictate um, and give me uh, give whatever defense gives us. Uh, just try to, you know, put the, the ball on time on target, make the right reads. And and, and I was able to do that, um, especially in, the, in that fourth when I was when I entered the game. Uh, Trez said in the walk-off interview that he credited for his hands playing football in high school and also some track and field stuff like shot put and discus. Uh, you, of course, played football. Just wondered what your thought was on play, uh, young athletes playing other sports, how that evolves and how that can develop, something like that, and what you see with Trez in that context. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, a, it's all about hand-eye coordination. You get that when you're a kid and you, you're playing uh, touch football, you're playing free frog, you're playing uh, intramural sports and things of that nature. You get that high uh, that hand-eye uh, coordination. Um, and then with football, you're able to uh, catch the ball in, in, in tight spaces or in contact, you know, and, and be able to finish – through contact and, you know, me being a receiver myself, you know, playing through, you know, you know, linebackers coming over the top or, or safeties, corners, uh, free safety, strong safeties, and still having to catch the ball on contact, you know, it definitely helps out um, when you make the transition into basketball. Kyle. Hey, LeBron. Obviously, a lot of things offensively Trez does, we've seen him do for a long time. But um, he was saying yesterday that, that he's really uh, – you know, been doing a lot of film work and, and taking a lot of input from his teammates to, to get blended in defensively. What have you seen him doing maybe behind the scenes to get more integrated on that end? Well, because of this, um, the season and how it's constructed, you know, there's not much time to practice. Uh, and that's for all 30 teams. 
Um, so the film sessions um, individually as a team um, is uh, is the most important this year. Um, and obviously it's very important, you know, all the time, but, you know, this this year even more because we can't be on the floor much because of uh, the protocols and the testings and things of that nature. It doesn't allow us to be on the floor as a team as a lot. So, you know, the film session is the uh, best opportunity for you to take that and then implement it into a game situation. And uh, Trez has been doing that. Dan? Hey, LeBron, happy 316, for sure. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, for, in terms of Trez, uh, last year, you know, his relationship with Lou on court, Lou Williams was obviously like, I mean, you could see it. Um, how hard is it to form that kind of bond uh, with, a, with a pick and roll partner? And have you seen something over maybe the last two weeks or three weeks where he looks a little more comfortable with guys kind of in that role? No, I think he's uh, he's definitely growing more accustomed. And, and obviously, you know, that dynamic duo and him and Lou for those years uh, was just, I mean, it was exceptional. You know, Lou Will having the threat to come off and score, but also Lou Will having the threat to make that pocket pass and Trez with his ability to roll and finish and catch and finish was uh, just very dynamic for so many years. So, you know, um, you know, I automatically, you know, when we got him, I knew we could, it could be something that we could, um, exploit because uh, my ability to play the pick and roll game, my ability to pass the ball, his ability to catch and finish. So um, I think as of late, uh, we we know where we're, uh, you know, where we are on the floor. Uh, we know the sets that we're in. And, uh, you know, he's doing a hell of a job of being able to set screens for me, get me down here. And I'm just trying to put it on time on target for he can just get to his, uh, get to his game. Okay. Hey, LeBron, I know comparison could be the thief of joy. And so I don't necessarily want to, have you compare Talon Horton Tucker to any specific player? But on consecutive nights, he plays against a game that has James Wiseman in it tonight, Anthony Edwards in it. And both those nights, even though he was a second round draft pick, he was turning heads just as much as, as those marquee talents. When you look at him, I just asked Kuz about this too. Can you see like a few steps beyond where he is with this team and could there be something special ahead for Town Horton Tucker? I mean, it's something we've talked about all year. And I mean, let's let's, let's be honest. Um, if you go back in the draft and redo the draft from last year, Taylor Horton Tucker would not go in the second round. Um, so um, we're super duper lucky um, and and um, you know and, and blessed to be able to to grab him uh, when we were able to grab him, you know, out of Iowa State. Um, so. You know, his, his ability to um, to get downhill, um, to read, um, you know, you know, either, you know, his ability to get to the lane and, and finish or his ability to make the, you know, the extra passes. Um, you know, he's a big guard, but with great handle, with great poise and great balance, um, you know, and, um, you know, you just mentioned those other guys. I mean, this is, like I said, this is Taylor's rookie year too, um, you know, pretty much. Um, so, you know, he's learning. Uh, he's going to continue to get better. Um, but he's a, a, a damn good uh, player right now, and he's going to just continue to get better and better. Um, Gary. LeBron, um, can you discuss your partnership with the Fenway Sports Group and taking partial ownership of the Red Sox, what that means to you, to your brand, to kind of your, you know, and then delving into baseball, what do you think of the game of baseball and what kind of fingerprints can you put on this? Uh, well, first of all, it's uh, great to be with such a great group um, with FSG. 
Um, you know, they've done so many great things over the years and uh, just that collective group of people. Um, they're just amazing to be partnered with um, partners with, um, you know, as far as the, the Red Sox, um, you know, obviously a historical uh, franchise and, um, you know, we know the history of the, uh, you know, the World Series championships. They've, you know, brought back home to Boston and the players that's come through there and the legacy that they hold in that in that area. So um, I think for me and, and for my partner, Maverick, uh, to be uh, the first two, uh, you know, black men to be, uh, you know, a part of that ownership group um, in the history of that franchise. Um, I think it's pretty damn cool. Um, you know, it gives us, it gives me and, 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 and people that look like me, um, you know, hope and inspiration that they can be um, in a position like that as well, um, that it can be done. Uh, it gives my kids at my, at my I Promise School uh, more and more inspiration as well. Um, but it's, it's a great day for myself, uh, for my family, for my, for my, for my, for my, my school, uh, for my business partner, Maverick Carter, and everyone that has something to do with our, with our group. Um, you know, but it's a, it's a, it's a pretty um, amazing thing. And for me to continue to build my, my portfolio um, off the floor, um, also in a beautiful game like baseball. So, um, you know, thanks for the question, Gary. Um, last question, Mark Medina. Hey, Le LeBron and kind of Lou of that, would you consider it a long-term goal whenever your career is over to be part of an NBA ownership group? Yeah, I've always said that. Um, my goal is to, to own a team. Um, on the NBA team. I got so much to give to the game. Um, I know what it takes uh, to win at this level. Um, I know talent. Um, I also know how to run a business um, as well. And, uh, you know, so that is my goal. My goal is to own an NBA franchise. And, um, you know, it'll be sooner than later. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that's LBJ right there. Lakers 137-121 over the Timberwolves. Um, so LeBron obviously – Already has a percentage in Liverpool. Um, now will be a part of the Red Sox. And like he said, uh, at one point, one of his goals is to have ownership in an NBA team. Pretty damn impressive what LeBron James is doing. Uh, certainly not just on the basketball floor. Um, okay, a couple things to promote here real quick. Our next game is this Thursday against Charlotte. So LaMelo Ball... Uh, by the way, that should be a, that should be a pretty good game. Charlotte's playing some good basketball right now. They're right in the thick of the Eastern Conference. I think the uh, Hornets still have one more game. Uh, they'll have they'll go back to back against the Lakers. They got a game coming up tomorrow, and then they'll play the Lakers. Uh, so Lakers will try to make it four and zero since the All Star break. Um, our pregame show coverage will start at six o'clock. Myself and Michael tip off will be at seven thirty. Make sure to tune in tomorrow morning, starting at five a.m. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, and Travis. I have Lakers talk tomorrow night from seven p.m. to nine p.m. It looks like uh, Markeith Morris will be a part of that show as well, so we'll get a chance to talk to him and his role and how the Lakers are doing. So we'll do uh, certainly spend some time on that. Uh, thank you for being a part of the show, as always. Uh, 137 and 121 Lakers over the Timberwolves. I'm Alan Sliwa. This is the Pizza Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN.